Hola amigos, que tal? Stuart here from Spain Speaks with a weekly review video with Johnny. We'll have a bit of a chat about what has caught his attention this week. So uh, let's go to the video. All right, Johnny, how are you this week? Good, tired this week, Stu, but um, holding on, surviving, looking forward to the weekend and a, a week off work, so all good here. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, same as you, a little bit tired, always a little bit tired uh, come Thursday for some reason. I think it's one of those things you sort of start the week, you know, full of energy and then it sort of uh, wears off as the week goes on. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah, so, I can relate. That's it, but you're the opposite. You're a lot younger than me, Johnny. You should have... Uh, you should be coming up to your most energetic time at the end of the week, I think, right? Well, in normal times, perhaps that would be the case. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> at the moment, yeah, there's not. we can't get up to our, our usual activities. Oh, okay. Let's, right, let's cool. see. So, you're going, well, you're, you're, so you, you go, you're going hard from Monday <laughs> to Friday. That's it. That's it. That's it, yeah. All right, good. So uh, what's on the agenda this week? Uh, the first thing is the, um, the report from the Bank of Spain. Yeah, a report from the Bank of Spain by the director of the economics department, Oscar Arce, where he talked about the impacts of um, the pandemic on the young people living in Spain, which I don't think, yeah, we can all go in and say, yeah, it's it's bad. It's not looking so great. But yeah. um, I was I was quite taken aback by the sheer length of the list of stuff that he listed off about how it's impacted young people. Um I don't know, like some of the things you're not surprised by, but when you actually think about the impact of some of them, it's it's quite profound. So you've got things like um, not being able to go to university in person is impacting people's quality of education, um, that the quality of education in general is going down as a result of that. There's less foreign students coming in. Uh, you've got a high rate of young people unemployed. That was already the case, but now, of course, um, particularly in professions where young people would typically work, so restaurants, bars, where there's a lot of up-on-your-feet activity and social um, contact. Um, it's obviously been shut down or restricted greatly, so that makes it difficult. A lot of young people haven't been able to take advantage of ERTES due to their work situation, so, so furlough schemes. Uh, what else we got? Uh, of course, that creates difficulties in the labor market. You know, you feel vulnerable about your long-term stability. Um, it makes it difficult to get on the property ladder. And then <laughs> the last thing on the list, <laughs> just about at the end now, was um, the price that young people are going to have to pay for this. Um, probably an increase in taxes and, again, Spain's population pyramid and supporting the pension system. Well, yeah. So uh, thanks for the thanks for the good news. Well, uh, what's the um, what's the uh, the situation when it comes to this? Like, so this these are recommendations that they put forward, or um, that they want the government to try to act on these, or it's just the it's just the you know some type of report that they put out every year and highlight this, or was it pandemic specific? Well, that's the impression I got. I got it was one pandemic specific and two, it was a report to kind of bring these points to attention because, um, yeah, we know the situation for young people is pretty bad here in Spain, but maybe the extent to which it's bad or the details of how it's bad is often overlooked. Yeah, okay. I mean, it got brought up in the debate last week about how the stat was it takes about 12, uh, 12 years on average for young people living in Madrid to save for a housing deposit. Um but yeah, I don't think it gets as much attention as it maybe should in the news. Um, the yeah, 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 yeah. I think we spoke about something similar a couple of weeks ago that um, a lot of people 
uh, well, I don't know whether it's an official way of thinking, you know, but the the government relies on families to pick up the burden when it comes to youth in this country, right? So they know that the they know that the they know that kids are going to fall back on the families, and a lot of families are willing to have children living with them for a long time. Okay, so mm. into their late twenties, into their early thirties, and sometimes even longer. So it's generally accepted that that's the way that the that society works here. A little bit mm -hmm. different in some other countries, especially when we talk about the Englands, the States, maybe Australia, people tend to emancipate a little bit earlier than they do here or quite a lot earlier in some cases. But uh, I think I think it's the, you know, it's the unwritten rule that families pick up this, um, this, this burden. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was something that kind of caught my attention when I came here. Having grown up in the UK, being in the university environment, um, a lot of young people are very keen to become independent um, once they hit 18, once they go to university. Um, but here, you know, a lot of people my age um, still share in apartments or still living with their parents. And it, it's completely cultural, like normal, yeah. normal yeah, yeah, here yeah, culturally yeah. as well. And yeah. given kind of the economic situation as well, for a lot of people, it does make sense to do that. Well, the situation that you're in, I think you said a couple of weeks ago, you're 26, right? Yeah. You live by yourself? Yeah, I live by myself. So that would be a dream scenario for a lot of people your age here, right? Yeah, it, it definitely would. I do recognize that I'm quite fortunate to be in the situation I'm in. That's it. Um, That's it. Yeah. And, and the, the people you hang around with, are they? Are they? Uh, do you hang around with a lot of Spanish people the same age? Yes, yeah, so I've got um, quite a few friends um, from different parts of Spain living in Madrid and a lot of them are either sharing with housemates or perhaps sharing with um, their partner or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's very few people that I know um, of who are within my friend circle who do live alone. Does, um, the, does the topic come up in conversation of just how, how, how hard they find it or is it just something that they accept? I, th I don't think it's something we ever really talked about but um, yeah, I guess maybe it's just so normal that yeah, it just gets overlooked. Yeah, but I've noticed that when I've told some people that I live on my own, I get like this "oh wow" yeah. kind of um, yeah, yeah, reactions sometimes. You must be making the big bucks. That's right. If you're able to live <laughs> on your own, um, yeah, no, I'm only joking. But yeah, um, yeah I mean. It's been a problem. I mean, I've been here, you know, twenty years plus, and it was a problem when I first came to Spain. You know. Back in the early 90s, you know, people would complain about the same thing. I saw young people living with their parents up until the age of 28, 29, 30, until they got their first uh, fixed contract, as they call it here, you know, their first yeah. good job opportunity, let's say. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was just part of part of life, I suppose. And, and yeah, people wanted probably to, to be a little bit more financially independent sooner, but I suppose, as I said, it just seems to be the way the country works. Yeah, I mean, I actually did consider when I was moving here getting – getting a room um, but I think part of me having lived alone when I was in France in a student apartment which was super cheap yeah. um, expected something similar in Madrid that obviously wasn't the case and then of course I don't want to call it peer pressure but like social circle saying ah you deserve it like go and get a place by yourself like you can um, so I did I like it I like living alone but yeah. I could say I could have saved a considerable um, amount of money um, if I'd moved in with 
yeah, to yeah. a shared apartment. Yeah. Well, I, I did the same thing, you know, when I first came to Madrid. I, I found my own place, lived by myself. You know, I didn't need to share. You know, I was I was making enough money that I could do that, and you know, it was it was uh, it was something that I didn't consider sharing. You know, I know a lot of people want to share. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. People want that social activity of sharing, but yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't uh, feel that I needed to to do it. And the other point that you made there with regard to the jobs that a lot of people are working in, uh, hostelry, tourism, for example, those are always going to be the most, during a pandemic, of course, as we have seen, those are the most volatile types of jobs, right? Tourist industry is on its knees, um, no hotel work, uh, bars and restaurants shutting down all over the country. So that's that's also, you know, exacerbating that situation. Yeah, especially given that a lot of the, the workers that support that sector are amongst the younger, yeah, the younger generations. That's it. And they that's rely it. on it for, yeah, not maybe not their full-time income, but yeah, maybe to get by a bit, pay some bills, but yeah. Mm, yeah. And of course, we're coming off the back of that previous crisis as well which probably still hadn't worked its way out of society to some extent you know that 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 let's say for example you were 18 or 19 when that financial crisis or debt crisis hit and you were trying to get back on your feet in 2014 15 16 17 18 19 and then bang 2020 down we go again well, that's another thing, actually, yeah, that the report mentions is that um, despite an expansive um, economic cycle following 2008 that it, um, in Spain, that cycle still failed to um, solve the problem of yeah. youth unemployment here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. yeah I mean, the, 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 the figures are, are staggering when it comes to youth unemployment. I mean, you, I mean yeah. the, the, there's some areas where you look at the figures and you say it, it can't be real. 60% youth unemployment in some parts of Spain, 60%. I mean, you know, uh, that's uh, unbelievable figures. But but then a lot of people are going to write comments on this video, Johnny, saying, oh, it's not true. You know, the, the unemployment figures aren't real in Spain. They're always fake. And, you know, even 16% unemployment, it's not real. You know, uh, so I don't know what happens with the unemployment figures here in Spain, but they're all they're always bad when you compare them to, to other countries. So in Australia today, they're saying, oh, we want to get the unemployment rate down to below 5%. And I'm thinking, okay, so you're trying to get it down below 5 and here they're trying to get it down below 15. So there's a huge difference there, you know. So, but Yeah, I mean, the only comparable countries really in the Eurozone are maybe Portugal and, and Greece that have similar, and, and Italy as well, perhaps. Maybe, I don't know, but maybe. I, but like yeah. I said, pe- people are going to say, you know, no, in Spain they work the figures out differently. And I've always thought, well, why do they do that? I mean, to, you know, to, because when they when they put the figures comparatively, Spain is always looking bad on those OECD figures, you know? Yeah. yeah. When it comes to these uh, unemployment figures. But anyway, so... One of the other things you wanted to talk about was um, uh, Santander Bank and youth mortgages. So we'll go into that one because it sort of leads into from what we're talking about. So Banco Santander, I think you mentioned they want to give young people the opportunity. They're offering a thousand uh, mortgages at ninety-five percent. Was it? That's it. Yeah. So to give the viewers a bit of the context, so. Obviously, in other countries, you can get up to maybe 90% of the total value of the house you're going to buy or the apartment or whatever the property is. In Spain, it's typically in 
almost every case here is about 80% maximum that they will give you because after the crisis of 2008, those conditions were really um, strictly tightened. So, um, you need, so you need a 20% deposit. Exactly, yeah. Um, so what Santander are doing now as an experiment is they're giving out 1,095% um, mortgages. So that would mean you'd only need a 5% deposit. And so the criteria for that is you need to be below 35 years of age. You need a guarantor, I believe is the word, up um, for the first five years. And it's um, you can pay it back over up to a maximum of 30 years. Okay. And what are that when it comes to the amount? Is there a criteria there as well? I didn't see anything about amount. Um, so I guess, um, yeah, I haven't seen anything about amount. And what's the reason for this? Are they trying to, um, are they copying uh, uh, plans around the world? Santander Bank, of course, has um, a presence in the UK, the States. Is there something similar there? That could be the case. So yeah, in the UK, um, when they announced the budget, a couple of months ago, they they've brought back these ninety five percent mortgages, oh, okay. um, which are in some cases in the UK they're not as good as they seem. You know, you'll pay a lot higher interest rate as a result of that. Um, but maybe this is an experiment to try and um, help young people out to get on the the property market in in Spain because a lot of people, as we just said. Um, are saving up to 12 years or, or can't even get on the property ladder because of the unstable work situation. Yeah, so perhaps so perhaps this is an experiment to try that out, to, to try and help out some younger people, which I think is a, it's a good initiative. Um, I guess we'll see how it goes over the long term, but it, it's perhaps a step in the right direction. Yeah. And the other banks said that they're going to follow this or Santander's out on its own? I've only seen Santander for now. This is this is a very recent piece of news. Um, I think it only came out a couple of days ago. Oh, I've okay. seen it. So, All right, yeah, good. So, so maybe we'll see if any of the other banks um, go for something similar. Yeah, so a 1,000 mortgages. Doesn't seem like a lot, really, does it? Yeah, it doesn't. I was thinking, um, how quickly will that um, be taken up? Um, yeah, what is the rate at which people get mortgages in Spain, particularly young people? Oh no, I, um, I, I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna be snapped up very very quickly, probably by people that don't really need it. You know. Well, that's it. I mean, it's a good initiative, but um, I mean, for myself, like I would like to buy a property, but when I saw this, I thought, okay, that's good news, but it doesn't mean I should go trigger happy trying to find the first available property to buy it. I think yeah. You gotta you gotta be careful, and as as much as this is a good initiative, um, you gotta. Like particularly when it comes to property, you've yeah. got to be getting exactly what you want. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I think I also read, uh, I looked into it a little bit, and I think Santander is trying to revamp their image amongst uh, youth, which is something that we also spoke about last week, maybe the week before, that the banking sector is sort of seen as this old industry and uh, younger the, the younger generations, Johnny, as you mentioned, are using the, you know, the, the fintech companies that are, that are providing different options and and people think of banks as the as the old economy rather than the new one maybe it's a way Santander is is trying to get into that youth market I don't know it could be yeah because when you think about them they are considered amongst probably let's call them the big the big 3 or the big 4 in Spain so um, BBVA Santander Caixa Bank maybe Sabadell it's a bit it's a smaller regional one I guess um, but if you think about those three, Santander is the only one that I've seen launch a digital offer right now through their open bank platform. So of the three of them, of those three major banks, I think Santander is a step ahead of BBVA and Caixa Bank. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Yeah. And as I said, trying to uh, uh, attract that uh, youth 
youthful customer. Um, Santander, I think, announced some big changes this week. Basically, the whole management um, uh, was removed. Uh, the CEO was changed uh, and uh, the top four or five positions under that as well. So they're, they're changing their um, – they're, they're, they're trying to, 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 to change the strategy, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, as we said last last week, perhaps this is the the wake up call that the, the traditional banking sector um, has been waiting for. Don't know, don't know, don't know. All right, good. <laughs> what else have we got there, John? Yeah, so let's stay with um, companies. So Telefonica, this is the big. Um, everyone knows it as a mobile telephone operator in Spain, has changed their logo after several decades, I believe. Right? They've had that classic Telefonica. Um, text um, logo for several years, at least the 70s or the 80s, perhaps. And they've reverted back to something which is somewhat resembles um, one of their older logos, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I had a look at it, and uh, it, does, it does look like a logo from the 1970s, yeah, with, like the, with the yeah. little dots, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah um, I think they've revamped a couple of times over the last few years. I'm not sure because I think they went from Telefonica to be called Movistar. I'm not sure whether Movistar yeah. became the like a brand well, name, you know? Well, that's it. Yeah, Telefonica is the, the group. Um, name and then Movistar and O2 are the two brands in, under which they operate. So they've got in Spain, they've got Movistar. In the UK, Germany, they've got O2. And oh, then okay. they've launched O2 in Spain as their, their low cost yeah. alternative yeah, to yeah, Movistar. Yeah, 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 yeah. My knowledge of the telecom sector, because I actually used to be in this sector, um, is that connectivity, IoT, the cloud, cybersecurity, these are all big themes and big um, transformation points in that sector. Um, and Telefonica is trying to tap into their, their technological capabilities um, and strengthen their presence and offer in those areas as well. Yeah. So whereas they've been known as a traditional broadband, um, fiber, mobile operator, they're trying to branch out into that that um, yeah, IoT, cybersecurity, cloud sector. Okay. So, what, so yeah. who are they going to compete with there? Some of those big uh, American companies? Yeah, I guess so. I mean... In, across the whole telecom sector, there's everyone is, is in that transformation. So Deutsche Telekom, who has the T-Mobile brand, is is very fixed on it. Orange, again in France, um, who also operate in Spain, they're very fixed on it. So th this is a trend that started several years ago in the telecom sector, and it's it's starting to pick up speed. If you look on any um, telecom company's website now, you'll see that they're showing off their, their different IoT projects, whether it's um, whether it's drones or whether it's connected cars or whatever it may be. But it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a very um, yeah very present topic. Yeah. So te Telefonica sees itself as a company that can compete with the Apples and the Googles and the the big tech. Maybe not in that sense, but more in terms of the connectivity part of it. So from your iPhone or from your SIM card, essentially, um, wherever it's plugged into, that's where the the te the yeah the, the offer would come in. That the connect. I think the connected world, how everything is becoming more and more connected, and Wi-Fi and you know connection to three G in your car is becoming more and more available. This is where they're starting to. This is where they're looking to tap into. So, so they're not going to start making you know cars like 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 the other those other tech companies, no. Electric car, no, you know, I, these connected cars and things like that. I guess the actually making the cars themselves, probably not, but perhaps the connectivity within the car, so the SIM card and the 
the uh, the offer to which networks it can connect to at, at what different prices you can do that then yeah perhaps they will be getting into that okay and all of this is based on 5g yeah i mean 5g yeah another hot topic in the telecom sector which is picking up um speed quickly mm. um telephonica i think trying to get um trying to roll that out in spain as well yeah yeah i think they've uh, got it rolled out in the big cities at least i'm not sure what it's like at a national level but they're always they're always um telling us how much they are advancing telephonica if you listen to the speeches of the ceo and uh the advertisements that they have on the television they're always telling you just how they have you know connected spain basically and if it wasn't for telephonica last year the country would have collapsed <laughs> yeah well i mean it is a very when i look at telecom companies particularly from an investing perspective, which is what I tend to look at. I do tend to look favorably on Telefonica, um, particularly now with this transformation as well. And they're trying to spin off their business in Latin America, most of it apart from Brazil, due to those those currency fluctuations yeah. and devaluation, which is really impacting their their revenues. Well, that's where they, they went strong into those markets, didn't they? They went into those uh, Latin American markets. I remember back even well, when I, many, many years ago, um, when I went to Argentina, Telefonica was a big service provider there as well. I even met people working for Telefonica that were sent there to set up the to set up the lines and everything back in the day. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, uh, Argentina is one of the probably one of the worst hit by hyperinflation or very high currency devaluation last year. So, um, looking through annual reports, you can see, yeah, we've lost revenues because of depreciation in the, yeah. the peso. Yeah, that's right. It's the problem, I suppose, when you go into some of those markets. Yeah. 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 Stable currencies. Good. And uh, yeah. what, what have we got lastly here, here Johnny? So we've got um, Bithum. Talking about Bizum. banks as well. Are we here still or a payment system? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a bit of a crossover. So Bizum, we'll, we'll say in English, is um, it's a mobile payment service. So let's say you and I, we go out for a drink and, and I pay or you pay and then the other one says, oh, I'll, I'll Bisum you the money. So it's essentially you just need a mobile number and, yeah, you'll send the money over to your friend. So you're not going to shout around? You want, you want me to send you the money later, do you? <laughs> I want it. I want it. You want it as soon as possible. No, no, more, no, no such thing as shouting around anymore. No, everyone wants. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get the concept, right? So you go out to dinner with four people. The bill comes instead of saying separate bills for four people. Some one person pays, and then in the next ten minutes or twenty minutes, everybody sends you their share through uh, an electronic payment, right? Essentially, yeah. All you need is a mobile, well, the mobile number of that person, and then you can send them money. And in most cases, Bizum is already it's integrated into your mobile uh, banking app. Yeah, okay. You just you just have to activate it. So, uh, B I Z U M Bizum, Spanish they say Bizum, as we said, and this is a way to uh, send money quickly, and it's available, I think, in all of the major banks here, right? I think basically everyone. I yeah, I believe yeah. so, yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm actually yet to meet a person that ha doesn't have Bizum or Bizum on their, their phone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big, the big advantage here is that, they're, they're, that there are no fees. That's it. There's no fees. You can send from 50 cents up to 1,000 euros um, in a single transaction. Um, but this is where the, the new story comes in. I think you used to be able to make 150 Bizums per month, and now it's been cut down to 60 for security reasons. Oh, I mean, not, okay. me personally, I'm not going to get up to, I'm not even going to get up to 60 Bizums per month, never mind 150. Yeah. But yeah, 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 it's interesting the concept of um, 
Secu- yeah, security reasons as to why they'd bring that in. Yeah, they're also going into the business, um, the business um, areas as well. So there's a lot of businesses mm. now that that accept fees and payments online and uh, in shop as well. I've seen um, sometimes you go into an establishment and they'll say that we accept fees and so you can just make a, a transfer and a little ding comes up on the on the on the <laughs> on the, the the shop owner's phone and sees that you've made the payment and away you go with the goods. Ah, good. That I didn't know. I saw it in the barber shop that I went to a couple of weeks ago, but I guess that would be a, a personal bism. But yeah, business bism could, yeah, that could also be a very innovative way of paying going forward. Yeah, they're trying to go into that market. They're trying to go into that market. They're completely, they're, they're competing, I should say, directly with the uh, credit card companies but the, i mean they're all they're all owned by the you know they're all controlled by the banks so so if you if you use a, a Beesum or if you use a credit card banks get their cut but you know they they they're competing against you know big companies like PayPal that have similar services yeah it makes me think actually about um documentary so on china where uh, a tourist took cash and actually uh, certain shops wouldn't accept the cash because they accepted pay only by um, WePay or yeah. I think it was Ali, Alipay. Or yeah. The Chinese are big on the QR codes. You just scan it and pay automatically, you know, which is, which is also happening here as well. There's, you can, I mean, there's, there's heaps of different payment systems here. Now, mm-hmm. you know, basically there's no way that you can't pay anymore and, and cash, you know, this is going to be a controversial topic because a lot of people think that this mm-hmm. is some type of, um, you know, plot, but uh, cash is on the way out. And I mean, you know. It is, yeah. I think however you look at it, um, use of cash is becoming less and less. Personally, I almost, I'm almost cashless um, yeah. in my day-to-day life. And, and you don't have don't a problem with that, John? No, not really. Only there's only you know maybe the barbers or like the odd if I go to a takeaway sometimes, which is not that often. Yeah. That maybe doesn't accept card or has a, a minimum for paying by card. Then yeah. I'll go and I'll keep some cash for that. But yeah, in most cases, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big cash user. I I haven't had cash in my wallet for about two months. Wow. Mm. Everywhere yeah. I go, it's just, it's just easier. You know, it's easier. It's faster. It's cleaner. Just to take yeah. out the card or the Apple Apple Pay or Google Pay or whatever you use and, you know, tap it away and away you go. Well, that's it as well. And now that banks and um, different applications are offering you budgeting services, I know certain people in finance circles will say, you know, pay with cash so that you stick to your limits. But now you can just track your spending within mobile apps. Yeah. And for me, that's so much easier than writing down or doing it in an Excel sheet as much as I love Excel. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just easier, it's quicker, and yeah. you've got it all there in the, the mobile app, yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Beesum, uh, it's a good system. I like it. I've used it. Uh, I've used it uh, on various occasions, and it's and as you said, you don't have to be mucking around with, you know, working out who owes what. You just you know divide the bill or whatever, and if somebody owes you money, you can just ask them. You can even ask them for the request. You know, you can say, Johnny, how's that twenty five you owe me going? You know, and you send it. You, you, you send it through. <laughs> the you send it through the Beesum. Yeah. Out of curiosity, have you used it for any of your classes or any of your um, ventures that you have? No, because I don't have it set up from a business point of view, you see. So I, uh, I, okay. I operate as a, as, a, as a small company rather than self-employed is what, what I was recommended to do back in the day, um, even though it's just basically me, you know. But um, 
what happens is that you can apply for it as a business, but I have to install software and so forth, which is why I mainly use PayPal because PayPal is just easier for me at the moment on the business sense. But I am looking to incorporate it into a web page that I have and um, and uh, maybe in the future I'll go forward with it. But at the moment, no. But uh, I imagine it's going to get more and more um, available from a business point of view in the future. Well, particularly with the popularity amongst young people, then I think, yeah, if it branches into the business sector, then yeah. It yeah, could, yeah, well, that's it. Very, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, if you do, if you have a website and you, and you, and you are selling a product, so I, I sell English classes on the internet, you know, so um, the idea is to get people to pay in the easiest way possible. You know, you don't want people having yeah. to go to different pages or spending five minutes on a, you know, on a, on a checkout system. You know, you just want to be able to get the, to get the payment done as quickly as possible. And if Beezum makes that easy to do, well, you know, I can only see, you know, win-win with that. Yeah. That's exactly. it. That's it. Yeah. But anyway, all right, so we'll start to wrap it up there. Johnny, good talk today. Yeah, likewise. I'll get off to Mercadona to do my weekly shop that's been postponed three times already. All but right, yeah. okay. What's <laughs> your What's your favorite product there? Um, controversial given the healthy baked, lifestyle I try to live, but it's good. Oh, I mean, there might be a couple in my house, but it's not my favorite. My favorite, I think, are the chocolate chip cookies that they have. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, I need to stay off them to try and <laughs> reduce my sugar intake and yeah, yeah. Um, offer what, healthier alternatives. One of, one of my favorite products they have are the uh, they have these chicken pies, the empanadas. Do you know? Have you seen them? Oh uh, yeah, I think um, are they in the are they in the frozen section? No, I think no, no, I've they're seen in the, them in the bakery section. Ah, okay. Right, that I haven't seen. I'll keep an eye out for it. When yeah, I check today. them out. The chicken, the chicken pie. I, I recommend it. Okay, yeah. I've seen, I mean, I've seen them. I think in Lidl in the in the frozen section. They've got frozen empanadas. But yeah, yeah no, I'm but, gonna have to go in. These are big, big, big round ones like that. All right. Very tasty. Yeah, I reckon. Special, special occasion. <laughs> I recommend it if you like a chicken pie. All right, Johnny, we'll wrap it up. Have a good one. See you later. All right. You too, Stu. Bye-bye. So there we go. That was the weekly review video here in Spain. Questions and comments, please leave them in the section below. Debate the situation out as you normally do. Give the video a thumbs up if you liked it. Thumbs down if you didn't. I'll see you in the next one. Hasta luego.